Episode 31. This episode brought to you by ReelsandTackle.com, your family-owned online tackle store. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. Okay, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Captain Logan Carlson. Logan, welcome aboard. Thanks. It's good to be here. Oh, man. Well, I have seen some of your epic posts from the fishing you do in Alaska, and um, I'm really excited to talk to you about that today. But before we jump to Alaska, I think your story starts uh, somewhere else in the United States, correct? Yes, it does. It starts in in Idaho, actually, Uh, a little farming community there. That's where I I was raised. So, yeah, you know, we we grew up, uh, had a lot of boys in my family. We grew up fishing and, and hunting and my love for the outdoors just kind of eventually led me to Alaska. Wow. Well, tell us just a little bit about the kind of fishing you have in Idaho. It's obviously freshwater, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's obviously freshwater. And when I was younger, we, we mostly did, uh, trout fishing, you know, rainbow trout, brook trout cutthroat trout which is the state fish it's a it's a really pretty fish yeah and so i i grew up fishing for trout but when i got a little older um idaho actually has a great salmon and steelhead run mm. uh, they come from the ocean and so my dad would take us to go fish for uh, salmon and steelhead and so my first experience fishing for salmon was actually in idaho wow now was that all uh fly fishing or did you do a mix of different uh types no, a uh, mix of different types. Okay. Uh, most people don't use flies for salmon, but hmm. I, I mean, I do have quite a few friends that do. Okay. But yeah, you know, we, we, we would use salmon eggs, uh, things like that, little streamers. But yeah, you know, that's just kind of how we fished in, in the freshwaters here. Completely different than than the style of fishing in Alaska as far as the saltwater goes. Yeah. Now, is it is it, was it big open water? I mean, lakes and big rivers kind of stuff that you were fishing there? or? Uh, no, uh, rivers. So, rivers. We, yeah, we fished them in the rivers. The, the salmon would, would run up these rivers to spawn, mm-hmm. and uh, we would catch them on their way up. So uh, we, we have some pretty decent-sized rivers in, in Idaho. If I'm not mistaken, we have uh, the most – miles of, of river in the lower 48. So there's a lot of, of rivers in Idaho and, you know, some of them are pretty big and others are, are smaller mm-hmm. and we just kind of fished all over the place growing up. And, you know, sometimes it was kind of like combat fishing. You're standing next to these full grown men and I'm just this little kid rubbing shoulders <laughs> with them and throwing my my line in the water. So that's kind of where I started off at. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like you started off your fishing career with some pretty epic fishing and then uh, somehow ended up in Alaska where I venture it's uh, even more epic. Uh, How did, how did that happen? So it's kind of a long story. Um, Like I said, fishing for salmon when I was younger, the first salmon that I tied into, it was just such an awesome experience and I I kind of got addicted to Mm -hmm. it. And, uh, I said, I, I, I want to keep doing this. Well, I had an older brother and, uh, he married a girl that was born in Alaska ah. and her uncle owned a few lodges there in Ketchikan. And so 
when he found out that her uncle lived in, in Alaska, he said, hey, we're going to go up and work in Alaska, one of your uncle's lodges. And so they did. They went up for a year, and they worked at one of the fishing lodges there. And I think I was probably 15 or 16 at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came back from the summer, and they had all these pictures and stories of Alaska, and it just seemed wild to me. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'd always wanted to go there, but I never thought that I would actually end up in Alaska. And so I told myself, when I get old enough, I'm going to go there and I'm going to start working at a fishing lodge. And so when you, I, I guess, were 18 or what what age did you uh, get up there? Yeah, I uh, I actually started going up when I was 21. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is, is when I started. I lived in uh, Nashville for a few years. Mm-hmm. When I turned 21, I, I went to Alaska for the first time. And I started working at a, a fishing lodge there. It's called Clover Pass Resort mm-hmm. in Ketchikan. And I was uh, a dockhand, so I filleted fish. I uh, did maintenance on boats. I cleaned boats. I packaged the fish for the customers. Uh, had some customer inter- interaction. Kind of walked them through the, the skills of, of trying to catch these different species of fish in Alaska. So that's what I did my, my first summer up there. I worked at a fishing lodge. Yeah. So what what is the summer run up there? Uh, is it is it uh, May through August or? How many months of, of the season do they get? They You'll have people start showing up in May, not not very many. Mm-hmm. And then the, the season will run till sometimes sometimes till October. Oh, okay. Um, but you have different species of salmon running at different times through the summer. So your first run of salmon that you get in Ketchikan is the king salmon. So they show up first around the June June time, and, and the run's pretty good in June. And then after that, around July 4th, uh, weekend you'll you'll have the silver salmon and the pink salmon start to show up along with the chum and and uh, the rest of the salmon and then okay. it'll be it'll be pretty hot all the way through july midway through august and then it kind of slows down a little bit while the silver salmon and the pink salmon and the chum salmon die off and then you'll get another really big run of uh silver salmon the hatchery fish in september a lot of people will come to fish the hatchery run okay there's a few different runs there. Yeah, that's a pretty good length of uh, season. I mean, when you know, being a being a Florida boy, when I think Alaska, you know, I'm thinking there's like three days out of the year when it's not frozen, yet <laughs> you can go. Yeah, fish, yeah. But... It's, <laughs> there's so many uh, misconceptions about Alaska. I mean, when you think of how big the state is, it's almost three times bigger than Texas, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of different climates that exist. Yeah. In Alaska. And the part where I, I work is it's a uh, temperate rainforest. And so, mm. you know, the, the weather's very temperate. It, wow. it doesn't really, really get that cold oh, wow. or hot. So it's, it's a really nice temperature. Hardly ever snows there. It's, it's a good place. Wow. So, so there actually is, is year-round fishing there, I guess. Yeah, there is. So they, they actually have uh, winter king fishing. A lot of people don't know about that. Mm. But the season is uh, currently shut down right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they do fishing for winter kings there. Wow, how cool! A lot is of your that? Uh, hardcore fishermen will go out yeah. and catch winter kings. Yeah, I mean, can you even if the season is closed, you can still catch and release those fish, right? Yeah, yeah, you can still catch and release. Okay, very cool. Then they have cod and other things that you can catch during that time of year. Right, right. Well, b- before we started the interview here, we were talking a little bit about halibut. Is that a uh, seasonal thing, or is that an all-year fish? That's, I mean, most people will fish fish halibut seasonally. Mm -hmm. I've never fished it during the winter, so I couldn't tell you. I'm sure that they're out there. 
Uh, most people kind of concentrate on, on the winter Kings, but uh, definitely during the season, that's, that's a big uh, fish for most people to, to want to catch when they go to Alaska. It's just such a unique fish that a lot of people want, want that on their list of fish that they're trying to catch. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so tell us a little bit about the different areas where you catch all of these fish we've been talking about. Cause I understand halibut are, are very deep water, right? Yeah. Um, depending, um, you know, I've, I've caught halibut trolling for salmon sometimes. Really? Uh, if, yeah, if there's a large concentration of halibut, it, it doesn't really, uh, matter. I mean, you, you can catch them trolling for salmon. You can catch them shallow and catch them really deep. Okay. Um, but generally speaking, we'll be fishing around, you know, 300 feet, somewhere around there. So okay. they, they are pretty deep. Yeah. They're bottom fish. So most of the time they, they tend to stay on the bottom. Yeah, I guess whenever I but not always. Yeah, when, whenever I've seen them uh, on TV, people catching them, it looked like they were fishing really deep water, making deep drops for them. Yeah, generally when you fish for halibut, you're fishing around 300 feet. Yeah, but I mean it's it's not crazy to catch one trolling for salmon or something like that. So they don't always stay on the bottom. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about the depths that you're fishing for salmon and and what are the areas like where you're where you're fishing? I mean, are these big open bays and bodies of water or you, you know, where where are you fishing for these guys? Well, fish, I think this is kind of universal too. Fish like structure mm-hmm. um, because that's where the bait fish hang out. Yep. Uh, they'll talibut like structure because they're going in there and they're feeding on the cod and the other fish that are living um, in these rocks. Yeah. Or kelp beds or wherever. So fish like structure. Salmon are the same way. A lot of the times we'll be fishing for salmon along the coastline. They're following bait up these channels on their way to, to, to spawn up the rivers. And so most of the time we, we are within, you know, eyesight of, of the shoreline following some sort of structure underneath the water that we're picking up on our, on our GPS systems and, and depth finders. Yeah. And so what is the depth of the water you typically fish for, for salmon like that? That, I mean, it really just depends. Um, most of the time I'd say you're probably in an area that's 500 feet deep, but you don't fish that deep for salmon. Mm, um, okay the different species kind of run at different depths. So starting off with your species that runs the, the most shallow, that would be your pink salmon. Okay. You know, a lot of the times I'll catch them on a surface rod when I'm trolling. Yeah. Um, d- down to about 30 feet, I'll troll for pink salmon. And then, uh, after that is your silver salmon. You'll catch them anywhere from about 25 feet to, to 80 feet generally mm-hmm. somewhere in there. And then your, uh, deeper fish are the king salmon. Okay. Most of the time, I like to I like to fish, you know, ninety to one hundred and fifty feet for for king salmon. Okay. And do you run at different depths, you, you know, different lines at different depths for them? Yeah, I do. So depending on how many clients I have on board, uh, it's one rod per client. So if I have four clients, um, I'll run four rods out the back, and I'll, I'll I'll have the line set at different depths, trying to figure out where the fish are at. And like I said, these fish generally tend to run at those those depths. That doesn't mean that they're going to be there all the time, though. Mm-hmm. I've caught pinks down at 150 feet before, <laughs> which is bizarre for a pink salmon to be there. But, you know, sometimes that's just where the fish are at. It just just like any other fish, you got to look and find them, right? Yeah, exactly. And so you, you get your rods out there, you set them at different depths, and you kind of get your feelers out there to, to see where the fish are running. You know, some days the the cohos are running really shallow. Some days they're running deep. 
Well, when we get back, Captain Logan is going to share an epic saltwater fishing story for us from Alaska. Looking forward to it. Stay tuned. If you fish deep water and don't have a windlass on your boat, an anchor lift ring is a must-have. It makes retrieving a heavy anchor and chain from depth much easier. I have heaved my last anchor up from the abyss. No more? No thank you. Check out tell.fish slash gear in your web browser for the anchor lift ring that we like. Trust me, your back will thank you for it. Okay, we are back with Captain Logan, and he has an epic saltwater fishing story to share with us from Alaska. So uh, set the stage for us. Tell us, you know, when you were fishing and kind of what you were fishing Um, for that day. I think it was around July 1st. Um, I had some friends actually, it wasn't a charter. Uh, we were just going out with a bunch of friends mm-hmm. and it, it's the same as any fishing goes. You want to leave really early in the morning to, to get that morning bite. And we were, we were trying to target all sorts of fish that day, salmon, uh, all the bottom fish, halibut, um, cod, lean cod, all of that stuff. And so we wanted to get a really start off on the morning, a really early start. So we, I think we left the dock around five o'clock in the morning. It was uh, pretty early and you never really know what the weather's going to do. And we were just hoping that the weather was going to be nice because we were, we were going out pretty far to one of our fishing grounds that we like to fish at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we started motoring out from the dock and, and the water was just glass. It was beautiful. Oh, wow. And I was just hoping it was going to hold out. And it, it did. Um, we, we cruised for a few hours and the water was like a mirror. It was, <laughs> it was insane. It was just one of those days that, you know, you don't, you don't get very many of them. And we had one that day. And yeah. Those were you know, stars just aligned and yep. had a group of friends on there and it was just an awesome day. Wow. Yeah. I, I can count on one hand the number of times I've been out in the ocean and it's been slick calm like that. I mean, they're just, oh, they're, yeah. those days are hard to come by. They are hard to come by. And, uh, you know, a lot of the times you don't know if the fishing is going to be good either. You'll have great weather and the fishing's not great. I mm-hmm. mean, you'll have poor, poor weather and the fishing's good and you can't get to where you need to go. But this day it was just, everything was right. We didn't know the fishing was going to be great, but the weather was perfect. The sun was out, the water was flat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we roll up to the, the fishing grounds where we're trying to put in for salmon. We, we generally, uh, fish for salmon in the early morning when the, when the morning bites on. Mm-hmm. And, I hooked up some of the gear, I threw it in the water and I had two rods in and I wasn't even able to get the other two rods in after that. They, they started going off. Bam. I'd look at the downrigger and the rods just bouncing. Bam, 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 bam. Run over there, snap it out of the downrigger clip. My, one of my buddies grabs it, reels it up and I turn around and another rod's going off. My other buddy runs and grabs that one and we're just netting fish in, just pull them into the boat sometimes because the net's you know, busy netting another fish and I I can't even keep the rods in the water. Uh, (laughs) All four of it. It's just crazy. You know, sometimes you'll have doubles on and then sometimes you'll have triples and quadruples on. Did you stop in any particular place for any reason or it's just, you know, you just happened to stop in the right place at the right time? Well, we stopped at a a place. It's pretty tried and true that we like Mm -hmm. to fish at. We'll take clients out to and, the, the fish at that time of the year are generally running there. There's some structure that they like to follow, like I said. Okay. Um, you know, I didn't know if the fishing was going to be great that day. I hadn't been out there for a while. 
but we stopped and we threw it in and right away, bam, bam. And I knew it was going to be one of those days where we were going to be catching our limit within an hour or two. Wow. So that's pretty much what happened. You limited out on, on those salmon in, yeah, in the first hour? Pretty much. I mean, we had a few mishaps. It slowed us down. Uh, one of my friends was running the downrigger and the, the cannonball popped off and it busted the wire. And so, you know, that, <laughs> that took some time to fix. Yeah. That was a little frustrating, but stuff like that happens, you know, when you're out there fishing, you'll mm-hmm. lose a downrigger ball that pops off. You'll, somebody will spool the reel and you've got to get a different setup and the line snaps, you know, stuff like that. When you're hooking a hundred salmon in a day, that, that takes a lot of beating on your gear. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. So <clears throat> we lost some gear. We lost a cannonball. It took me a little bit to, uh, fix it all, but we got it back in the water. And as soon as we got the stuff back in the water, it was bam, 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 bam. And we were netting fish left and right, just dragging them in the boat. And I had these beads on the back of my boat. I move over to keep track of our limit. And we're just, I'm just throwing the beads over bead after bead. <laughs> and we're getting closer to our limit of, of 36, uh, silver salmon is what we were targeting. And I think we were one away from our limit. And I see one of these rods just bam tips over and, uh, it slams it out of the downrigger clip. And I just hear the reel and I run over there and I grab it and I hand it to one of my buddies. I'm telling him, don't lose that fish. That's a nice <laughs> fish. I, I knew it was a king salmon. Mm-hmm. Once you've, you know, been on the ocean that much and have, have seen all the different types of salmon fight, you kind of get to know their behaviors. And this one was fighting like a king salmon. It was diving straight down okay. and it was just taking drag with it. And I knew it was a good fish. Yeah. And so he, he was fighting this fish. He was doing a great job with it and taking his time. We got it up next to the boat and it took another dive, just stripping line. And, uh, my buddy just sat there. What do I do? And I told him nothing. Just let him go. <laughs> right. He can't do anything. And so the fish took another little nice dive and he fought him back to the boat and I had to get a bigger net because the fish was so big and I, I dipped it in and netted it and pulled it in the boat and it was this big king salmon and everybody was freaking out. They were excited. And so that just kind of topped it off for the salmon right there when we pulled that big boy in and we were able to snag, I think our last coho. So we limited on silvers and, I think we had two kings in the bow, and one of them was a really nice king. But yeah, it was it was crazy that morning. Wow! So you've you've uh, filled up the boat in just the uh, first hour or two of the day. What do you do then? Yeah, we did. It was we'd been out there, you know, an hour or two, like you said, and so I I uh, got everything ready to go halibut fishing. We we drugged the the salmon rods in, brought the downriggers up, and cruised off to another spot where we go halibut fishing luckily it wasn't very far from where we were salmon fishing so we didn't burn a lot of time running the mm-hmm. boat once again it was just lights out I, I set the anchor down uh most of the time you'll set anchor when you're halibut fishing and i, I okay. threw the anchor out and we're using these big circle hooks for halibut and uh i started slapping some bait on them and sending them down to the bottom we were fishing around 300 feet and as soon as we hit the bottom we're getting bites tug 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 and all the rods i'm looking around are just bouncing (laughs) and so my friends are starting to hook these halibut and they're bringing them up and they're these little paddle size halibut you know probably 10 pounds or so and Mm -hmm. i'm i'm releasing them off the hooks and i i can't keep them off the hooks every time i turn around 
somebody's rolling up a halibut. Everybody's baiting their own hooks at this point in time because I don't have enough time to, right, to bait right. people's hooks for them. And they're just reeling halibut after halibut after halibut. And they keep getting bigger, too, these halibut do. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so, we, I mean, we sat there probably 30 minutes. and I don't know how many halibut we had caught and we were releasing. And, I mean, eventually we started getting into some halibut that we wanted to keep and uh, caught some really nice ones. And then the same, my same friend that caught the uh, king salmon, I look over and his rod just bends right over down into the ocean. <laughs> I mean, it, it's got the tip bent over so hard that it's actually in the water. And I hear his line. <laughs> and so I yell at him, that's a big fish. Same guy that caught the king salmon earlier. Yeah. I mean, he's still shaking from catching the king. And <laughs> he grabs on the rod and he fights this fish, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. And we get it up next to the boat and we shoot it next to the boat after it gets tired and drag it in. And it was, it was a big fish. I, I can't remember how much it weighed, but it was, it was a really nice halibut. Wow, man, that's, that's, that's like two awesome epic days of fishing all mixed into one. Yeah, it was. And you know, we, we had some leftover time. And so I told him, Hey, do you guys want to go jig for, uh, some, some cod I said, yeah. So we went over to another spot. They're pretty close by. And we threw on these big, uh, jigs on our salmon rods and we started jigging for for cod mm-hmm. and uh we we caught a few lean cod at the end of the day so it was it was a phenomenal day it was crazy wow yeah i'm, I'm just wondering you know just to have one of those days an epic halibut day or an epic uh salmon day like you had i mean how how unusual is that to even just get one of those on a regular day um if you're if you're going on a charter or if you've got a friend that owns a boat and you can get out with them and the weather's good and you're there at the right time of the year, mm-hmm. I mean it's not too hard to have a great day like that. Yeah, it it, it really isn't. I mean you've got to know where you're going and and you've got to know what you're doing on right. how to target these fish. But if you're with somebody that knows, you can have epic days um, wow. depending on the time of year. But to to do two of them in the same day like that, to have the halibut fishing going off and the salmon going off, is that pretty unusual? No, it isn't actually. If, wow. if you're uh, if you've got a full day charter and you're out there during you know the peak season, I like to July is one of my favorite times to fish. Okay. And the weather holds out, you should be able to catch a lot of fish. Man. Yeah. Um, a lot of these clients have been coming for years and years and, you know, charters aren't cheap. So they, they expect to have a, uh, a good experience and they expect to be hiring a professional that knows the waters. And so, you know, there's, there's a little bit of pressure on charter captains when it comes to that. Yes. I've heard that. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Well, you definitely found them that day. No doubt. Oh yeah. It was, it was amazing. And the ride back home was glass. You know, we got there quicker than i thought we would and we were done by two o'clock probably oh my goodness and and i bet you weren't done uh cleaning fish very quick though well lucky luckily for me the lodge that we moor our boats at there at clover pass they cleaned the fish for us so ah, i didn't have to there do you it. go yep once i graduated from from cutting fish i didn't have to do it anymore <laughs> <laughs> well that's awesome yeah so that really was the uh the icing on the cake you got back to the dock and you didn't have to clean all that fish Oh, yeah. Yep. You pull up, unload your fish, and you say, hey, thanks, and <laughs> took some great pictures. Uh, I, I, of course, had to clean my boat. That didn't take too long and fuel up, but yeah, it was it was pretty much just a day out fishing with friends. It was uh, it was awesome. Man, hard to beat. Yep. It was just 
a beautiful day. Oh, for sure. Well, uh, Captain Logan, you've convinced me. I've I've got to uh, renew my efforts to get up to Alaska and give that a try. Man, does that sound like fun! You do. It's it's the last frontier. It's it's a wild place, and the fishing's great. I, I think you'd really enjoy it. Oh, I'm sure I would, and I'm sure our listeners would too. So, I just want to thank you so much for coming on today and sharing that story with us. That was great. Yeah, no problem. Do you know someone who would be a great guest on the Telltale Fisherman? If so, go to tell.fish slash guest and recommend them for the show. We won't bug them. We'll just give them the chance to share the story of their lifetime and become a fishing legend. Visit tell.fish slash guest. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.